going on, everybody? This is Sound of the Southeast podcast coming back. Been a few weeks since we've been able to have a podcast. There's a lot of stuff going on. Of course, we were one day removed a hurricane. Uh, there's been a lot going on since then. You know, week uh, zero and week one, and then we got already getting into week two and look at some different games. And uh, we're gonna break a little bit of stuff down. Um, Hunter, tell me what we got going on. <clears throat> All right, so. First off, we're going to break down with uh, week one, kind of what we saw, uh, some abysmal showings from some teams. And some, some teams did look good. Um, we'll discuss week zero as well since we didn't do that. Um, then we're going to move into the week two games. Um, got some really good games coming up this weekend. Um, so I want to start with week zero, uh, Florida, Miami. Yeah. What would you think about that one? Just overall, that game, first game back, and you only had one game, really. Yeah. In my opinion, it was a little bit of a – a tease, like kind of, you know. Yeah, I, kinda, I was, I was, I built it up for eight months, all waiting for that big explosion of football, and all I got was one game, and I was kind of like, man, yeah, it's kind of a letdown. I wanted more, but it was great. I, I do like the idea of playing week one. I do. I mean, week zero. Yeah. I like that. It gives us everybody. You know, football comes here quicker, so we're all good with that. And it was good too because you saw a good rivalry like Miami, Florida. They've always had a good rivalry, and yeah. And but what did you think about got, the game itself? Man, uh, the game I, itself. I've been so deprived of football for so long. I mm-hmm. wanted to see something, but man, it, it looked sloppy. Yes, you could definitely it tell was, it was a week one game. You could definitely sure. tell it was week zero. Is what we're going to start calling it. You know, it was a lot of sloppy football. Um, a lot of turnover, a lot of different stuff, but um, a lot of missed tackles. Yeah. Now we saw that across the board yeah. in most football games on week one, generally because you try not to hit as much, getting towards right. uh, fall practice, trying not to get anybody hurt in fall camp. Uh, I, I just, I definitely don't think Florida's the eighth ranked team in the country. No, I don't either. I didn't think that they were to start with. I think they're a top twenty-five. Team. I think Florida is a top twenty team, yeah. but they are overranked at number eight. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you know, it's easy to say now because we don't know how good Miami is. I mean, I don't think with a true freshman at left tackle having one of the worst grades, one of the worst performances by yeah. an offensive lineman that was so glaringly obvious that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, that was just awful. The kid was a freshman from Sumter High School. Yeah. And in my opinion in recruiting, when neither of the Power Five home state teams offer a kid, uh, no, no matter what state he's from, that's, in my opinion, they know their state yeah, best and they come through the state good. the best. That's not the best. Um, right. I don't know. The best track record for the kid. I, would, I wouldn't take – Let's say you go into uh, North Carolina or you go into Georgia, mm-hmm. and North Carolina and NC State haven't even offered the player in North Carolina, and you're going to go offer him. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's ever a good strategy. No, it's a bad strategy. No, and then you just have a lot of. Uh, I think, I think, uh, but honestly, I don't think it's as much as. I mean, both teams played very bad. Yeah, it was it was it was more of a who wanted to get. They both tried to get the game away. Yeah, they, Felipe right. Franks tried to get the game away as hard as he could. Yeah. But Miami's left tackle and true freshman quarterback tried to do their best to give it back. I don't know if it was as much of Florida is just that overrated, or is Miami not that bad? And here's what I'm saying is because mm-hmm. again, of course, they had the left tackle, and then they had the that the freshman quarterback. And they sh- honestly should have won that game. They came close. I, you they know, got bottled up in the second yeah, half. They didn't they, do much in the second half. They did, but you know, I was just I mean, being being week zero and being early and going every a lot of different stuff going on. I mean, like I said, I don't know if it's as much of Florida being that overrated or if Miami just not that terrible. 
I think we'll, we'll see. You'll definitely be able to tell the teams by midseason. Yeah, I think I think week three, four, or five is where you start to see where everything's going to yeah. be. As much as everybody wants to bemoan or celebrate their team's week one performance, it's very, very, very rare that those teams look yeah. even identical a couple weeks later. Right. It, things change so much. I mean, everybody watched the uh, – hopefully everybody watched the Packers and the uh, Bears last night, and it was a, just a 10-3 to 3 slugfest, boring, yeah. boring football. Offenses both look terrible. And, one of, one of the, and the quarterback was Aaron Rodgers, and they still looked awful. <laughs> it's just – I don't know. That first week of games always is a little iffy. In college yeah. and a pro, so mostly college when you have no preseason. Yeah. So let's go to week one. All right. So we're gonna start off with um my um, my school. We're gonna start off with South Carolina and their uh just complete abysmal performance against North Carolina. Um, I'm going into this game. I had South Carolina winning. I think uh about thirty to twenty, something like that. About a ten point win. 31-21, something like yeah. that. Um. <clears throat> And I did not anticipate Jake Bentley going out there and playing one of the worst games I have ever seen from a senior quarterback in my life. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah, Jake, Jake Bentley's stats for this game were, was 50% completion percentage, 16 of 30 for 140 yards and two picks and only one touchdown. Yeah. And the one touchdown was just a wide-open throw. Right. So, basically – when you've got 16 completions and 140 yards, that's awful. That means you, as a quarterback, when you average under 10 yards per completion, mm-hmm. that is absolutely awful. You're not stretching the field. You're not putting making you're not the making defense. You're not making a threat. You're not making the defense have to work or, roar, or back off the run. You're not making them have yeah. to back off the short routes. They don't have to do anything. They can put everything in front of them. And the fact that you have a senior quarterback that you don't even trust, as evident by the game plan in the first half, yeah. well, we, didn't even, we, we, we didn't even try we didn't try the whole game because we do not trust our senior quarterback to throw the ball downfield. And I just think that speaks volumes. I think it's uh, – you can't have that. You can't win like no. that. You have to be able to push the ball downfield. Defenses are too good. They're too fast now. You have to back them off in some way, same shape or form. I was totally surprised. I mean, I, I knew North – I didn't think North Carolina would be all that great this year. And you remember we – remember – I mean, I know this is for a different team, but remember we were breaking down Carolina's schedule. And I said, I still think that there's going to be one game or yes. a few games that Jake Bentley just – there's just something about him. He just is a nutcase or just he – he's messed up mentally as far as, you know, game. I think he tries too hard and he gets too flustered. And I picked – I said, there's going to be at least one – I can't, I think I said it in the podcast mm-hmm. that there's going to be at least one or two games that he's just – he's going to do that. And you just hope that as he does – I mean, you don't want him to do it at all. But that's the but fact. You, you got a senior quarterback that, yeah. you, that you know a couple of times a year is going to go completely awful and yeah. average less than 10 yards per per completion. Yeah. We called seven – listen, we called 17 shots in the game for deep. 17 yeah. shots past 15 yards. Only two of them were completed. Yeah. You had two passes over 20 yards in the entire game. That is unfathomable. From a senior quarterback in the SEC, that is insane. Two yeah. of twenty, and one of them was wide open. Yeah, and I did. I think I had him doing that against Georgia, like just kind of just not playing a terrible, having playing terrible. I really didn't expect him. I, I really thought that y'all were going to beat North Carolina. I felt like it would be. I felt like it was going to be a close game. Not and why gonna, wouldn't you? South Carolina's the better team. I mean, yeah. everybody knows that. Yeah, and, and even after that, you know, I mean, South Carolina. This like this is no doubt. 
Will Muschamp's best team as far as talent-wise that he's had since he's talent been there. Talent-wise, yes, but the problem is – I just don't understand it. Well, first off, first off, the first problem I had is with our offensive line coach. We had – last year we had Donnell Stanley, who is a six-year senior this year. He played safe – he played center all last year, started all 14 games. Yeah. And was great in pass blocking, was, the I think, the second-best pass blocker on the team. His more natural position, which he's played his whole career, is guard. So they wanted to get him out to guard to help him out in NFL – and get him ready for the NFL. That's what he deserves, and that's good. I get that because he doesn't want to play center in the NFL. That's not his natural position. He's better at guard. But the problem is our center that we put in is a redshirt freshman who's 280 pounds, and he got absolutely waxed up the center. Yeah. They, they admitted after the game they had multiple missed calls and miscommunications, and the center make they're, and they're being nice about it, but the center makes those calls. They mm-hmm. had multiple miscommunications on the line of scrimmage. They missed multiple blocks that they normally don't. Because they had a redshirt freshman calling the plays like at center, yeah, and calling out, calling the, calling the, out the schemes and calling yeah. the protections. And you also have a quarterback that I don't think understands protections either because he's half retarded. So, yeah. and you you compound Bentley's uh, just head caseness and complete lack of mental awareness of the game in any way with a true with a redshirt freshman making his second start ever at center against I think a pretty good defensive lineman. From North Carolina, I think their starters are pretty good. It's their depth that will yeah. have problems, and that's why I think they'll falter down the stretch. But I think in the beginning, they have some decent players. Yeah. So I didn't think it would be a blowout. I thought it would be a decently close game. Yeah. And, and, and But I, look, we moved immediately. The, um, Donnell Stanley is now back at center, who started mm-hmm. all all 14 games at center. So that solidifies the center spot. That's a guy who's been here for six years. He's a six-year senior. He knows what he's doing. He did it all last year. He'll better call the play. So I expect the offensive line – to yeah. automatically improve because of that. I mean, right. Just because of that, we're putting a freshman, a freshman on the bench. Who knows if he'll be a good player or not? But most time, you don't see guys on the interior being playing as freshmen. Yeah. That's just rare. It's very you got to yeah. be strong, and he's just I, not. He's just not ready. What blowed here? Here's the thing. Here's the my takeaway. It's two things. My biggest takeaway from the game is number one that North Carolina's true freshman quarterback outplayed yes. a senior, and that can't happen. And and, and not only that, but an SEC quarterback of Jake Bentley, been a starter, you yep. know, as a senior and everything. He's been there. Yeah. But what really blowed my mind out of everything was, like, the coaching staff looked like they didn't have a clue as far as, like, game preparation. No. I, I'm I, talking I, about, I, like – No. I, well, they, well, they, they didn't. They just looked well, unprepared. They well, they didn't because North Carolina has two brand-new coordinators. They never don't have any film on Oh, yeah. So, I understand that piece. So, I, I thought at the beginning, I thought – the whole time going into halftime, North Carolina keep it close because we would we have no film on. There's nothing you can do, and yeah. I thought we had to adjust. Yeah. And then after halftime, take over. It was the end game coaching. That yeah, it was, was like just yeah, and, it, and it never faltered. And I and I don't and that's what I'm saying. I don't know to blame on the coaches or if they knew how handicapped they were with Bentley and that he did, just didn't have it, and that they couldn't call anything they wanted to call. Yeah, and I don't know if that's part of it. And if they couldn't call anything because of the freshman starting at center, yeah. I just don't understand. I think that was a huge blunder. I think if they can solidify the center spot, which they've already done by moving, a guy did it last year, where you know he can. Yeah. So that one's already solidified. You've got a, a, a redshirt sophomore, so a junior guy coming in to start at right guard from where Stanley moved from. So I think I feel a lot better about the offensive line automatically because we know the center can make all the calls and protections like he's supposed to. So that will help a true freshman quarterback coming this week. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Um, I just and, – and even in all this, all this garbage play and lack of ability on, I think, 20% on third down, only completing two passes past 15 yards, which is unfathomable. I don't know. That's awful. Right. 
losing the turnover battle again for the fourth straight game in a row. South Carolina's lost the turnover battle. South Carolina still at the very end of this game because they were the they were the more talented team. Still, still at the very end should have still won the game easily. Yeah, they run down the field. Jake Bentley engineers a nice little drive, moves it down the field, looks good doing it, yeah, and then and then in a big moment. When it's time for him to be a senior, yep. go win the game. It's a, not a hard throw. Shy Smith absolutely smokes his man, beats him by five, ten yards. There's nobody within ten yards of him. He's walking into the end zone. Yeah. And he just completely steps up and absolutely throws it over to goalpost, airmails it. Yeah. When when it's time to show up and go win the game, he does that. And then the very next play, he gets happy feet. His first read's not open. He misses Tavian Feaster on the wheel route up the sideline. Yeah. It's wide open. And throws it into triple coverage to the tight end who caught the touchdown pass earlier. Yeah. Same play, and they knew they was ready for it. Same yeah. exact route and everything. And he just and because he worked before and he's a head case, he didn't even know where his second or third was. He threw it anyway and cost him the game. Yeah. And, and then and then after that, you had Brian Edwards flip the field with a punt return and like give you a chance. And I don't know, dude. It was just like, well, it was, man. That's what I'm saying. You don't know. It was the weirdest. Thing. It looked. It, it looked bad. Like, yes. It, it looked bad. They didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. And I, I was talking. I was talking to somebody this week, and I was like, <laughs> I, if, soccer, if if Jake Bentley plays like he did against Clemson, like they won seven. Y'all won seven games last year. Yes. So I'm thinking. I'm like, well, if he plays like, I know they have a tough schedule, but if they won seven games last year, if they if Jake Bentley plays, yes. Eighty uh, percent of the season, like he did against Clemson. Yes. Then you South win Carolina eight would games. Be an you would win eight. You'd win yeah. eight games. But Jake Bentley that night was a top ten quarterback in college football. Man, I'm telling you, if he, well, he he's going to be out now. And I want to ask you that question. What do you think is the deal with the foot injury? Like, I don't know. I do. I do not know. I have no idea. He long. I don't know if he really did hurt himself. If they're faking it not to save him and be nice to him because like, hey, we're about to bench you. Or if he kicked it on the locker after the game, or if he got fell on yeah. in the last play, or if he got hurt the first now, half. I've heard all kinds of them. Now, the last play does look like he kind of like landed kind of funny. and The uh, last the, play the, is the where he throws the interception. No, the last yeah. play is the, is the, is the, the fumble. fumble. Yes. Went, and then they like caught it back or whatever was going on. I don't know. The whole situation was weird. How about Matt Brown like taking a knee on fourth down? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that was odd. <laughs> anyway. Well, or, well, then you guys, why in God's name did, uh, on the 50-yard line, why we didn't go for fourth and one on North Carolina? I don't know how you can, but that's, again, that's not having confidence in your quarterback nor your freshman yeah. center that you put in there that you obviously know isn't ready yet. And you can't switch it mid-game because you've practiced all week, right. all fall with him at center and have everything. You have to shuffle everything in, in, you know, in the second half. They just, again, they weren't going to do it. They don't make adjustments that well. So, we'll see. As of right now, Wilmer's Trump is definitely on the hot seat. So, is Ray Tanner. They, they've got to do something. And we'll see if they turn around. Like I said, it's one game. We've seen a lot of teams lose in one, uh, week one and then go on and have good seasons. Unfortunately, South Carolina's schedule so hard, I doubt that'll happen. I'm but saying, it, dude, but it, all, it all depends. Jake on, Bentley, well, Jake Bentley's going to be out for a while. But if you have – across the, the whole team as a whole, coaching included – Y'all play this season like you played against North Carolina and you win four games. Oh, year. yeah, for sure. But I'm t- I, I, I was sure. really, like, blown away. At just really, like, I couldn't believe they lost Saturday. And, you know, I'm a Clemson fan, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, well, they definitely should have won that game. And I, just, I, I don't know, just a lot of 
we'll see. Yeah, it was just <clears throat> just error after error after error, but we've seen that so many yeah. times now, and it's like, is it? And I think it's a lack of confidence, but I don't know where that lack of confidence comes from the coaching staff, or it's because they know no matter what they do, Jake is going to go lose the game at the end. Yeah. And I don't know which one it is, and we won't know until we won't know this week because South Carolina plays Charleston Southern and they're terrible. That should be an easy win. And we won't know next week because they're playing Alabama, the first or second best team in college football, depending on who you ask. So they're not going to win that one. I mean, that's yeah. just not – you can't ask a true freshman quarterback to go do that. That's not going to happen. So I don't think we'll know really until what South Carolina's got, if they've turned it around in week four against Missouri. I think we'll find something out then. Then they're yeah. playing Then they're playing an SEC team that, uh, albeit – did lose last Saturday to Wyoming at Man. Wyoming. I don't know why. First off, they went all the way to Wyoming. That's in an away game, sleepy away game. That was probably like one of the worst games openings ever. I have no doubt that probably had something to do with that game. Yeah, it sure did. But you still can't lose that game. Right. You still Especially, can't lose that game. Uh, well, well, let's let's move on. Let's talk the Mizzou game and everything. Kelly Bryant, four hundred yards of offense. He yep. threw he th- he threw a pick, but I, I think he and played. Fumble. I think he he played good enough to win. I mean, maybe. But that, but that was my thing. That was my thing the whole time, the whole season. I was like, I don't understand the Missouri hype or the Tennessee hype. I don't understand where Missouri. I definitely didn't understand the Tennessee hype. But I was like, where is Missouri getting any defense or any receivers or any anything about, else besides Kelly Bryant? I was believing in the Missouri hype because of how easy their schedule played out, mm-hmm. and they did have Kelly Bryant. But yeah, but he can't dude, do it by himself. And and that showed Saturday was that he had like I think he ended up had like four hundred and ten yards of offense. Yeah, but that was probably like lost. of their total. Yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying is he turned the ball over a few times. They probably fumbled it once or twice. He threw a pick, and then all of a sudden, here you go, four hundred yards of offense isn't yeah. that much if you turn the ball over three times. It was just it. Saturday was a rough day for the SEC. East. It was the SEC looked absolutely awful. Now we'll see if these teams, a lot of these teams, read too much into themselves. AKA Tennessee, Missouri, or they did, they read too much into their opponent like South Carolina did and underestimated them. We'll see if that's the case or if they're just not any good. Yeah. So we'll find out which week one you can't make the determination right. at all. And then again, Missouri, Missouri could go on to still win 10 games. Yes, they might they end could. up upsetting somebody. They we could. don't ever know. But yeah, you never know. Maybe Wyoming's got something going on right there. Maybe. I doubt it. I, I think playing Wyoming up in a mile high place in a small yeah. little college looked like probably a high school stadium to them. Probably Supposedly. a little bit to do with it. Supposedly but, the campus is really nice. Like, the, of course it is. Up in Wyoming, up in the Rockies, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Tennessee oh, yeah, a little bit now. And then like, this is this is I got to say, man, I, every single Gamecock fan I'm sure was dejected and kind of quite frankly disgusted on Saturday by what they just witnessed for like the third game in a row. Um, really, of just anemic, uh, pathetic offense and performances by Jake Bentley. Um, and was finally fed up. At least. We are not Tennessee. I can positively say that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that is true. I, I agree Tennessee. with you. Dad. We lost by four points to a Power Five team. Tennessee lost by double digits to a to a G five team. Yeah, it's not. And even not only that, but but Georgia State has been a FBS program for less than ten years or something like that. Yes, very, 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 very recently, like five years, I think. And then uh, and then uh, Coach Elliott bringing the uh, victory yeah. home for the yeah, uh, Sean, Sean Elliott. South Carolina's all offensive line coach is the head coach for Georgia State that beat Tennessee on Saturday. Man, so, I would, I, so that's come full circle. Not gonna lie, dude, I was kind of loving Tennessee getting beat all this. Yeah, I, I, I just don't. I wouldn't buy into Tennessee. No, I, 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 I think Tennessee's. I thought the whole time I don't understand where Tennessee's defensive line was going to play. I don't know a single yeah. person on their defensive line's name. Their offensive line had questions, 
and and it showed bad when they got gassed on the run. But game not only State. that, but Georgia State not only being a subpar school, not even like not been in a, a, a FBS program for for under a decade, but they won two games last year. Yep. You know, and I mean, it just I just couldn't really believe that 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 this team came into Rocky Top and beat Tennessee. It's not only beat Tennessee, but put up 38 points against Tennessee. And rushed the ball for 250 yards. Man. I mean, that's rough, man. <laughs> they got problems I don't know that they can fix yeah. that easily. But we'll see. You never know. Um, all right. So, SEC East obviously is the week, uh, week one loser by far. They looked awful. Uh, Auburn looked good for the SEC West. Made a come-from-home victory from Oregon. That was pretty rough. Uh, they did a collapse, much like South Carolina did, with an 11-point lead in the fourth quarter fading away. Yeah. <clears throat> so, let's go to week two. Yep. So, the week two games I'm really most interested in, everybody's interested in. We've got LSU and Texas and Austin, uh, two, a top 10 matchup. And then we've got Clemson versus Texas A&M, a near, a near top, a top 15 uh, yep. matchup. That'll um, be Clemson plays at 3.30 and LSU, LSU and Texas, Texas play right after that. Yeah, 7.30. College eight. game days at LSU, Texas. Yeah, 7.30, 8, something like that. Man, who, all right, we'll, we'll break it down, but who you got, LSU, Texas? Who you got? Um, I'm going to go with LSU um, because I think LSU has better athletes. I think LSU has better players. Um, I think LSU's offense for once finally has a decent quarterback. Um I think their corners are really good. Grant Delpit's probably the best safety in college football. Um, they always have a corner drafted in the first or second round. Uh, uh, Trevion, no, I forgot his name. I forgot his name, but they have a really good corner probably drafted in the uh, first or second round. Um, like I said, Grant Delpit at safety. Uh, they got they got some, they have a bunch of really good players. Now Texas, I, I do like uh, Shane Michelle. Um, no, Ellinger. Sorry, Sam Ellinger. Yeah. Yeah, I do like Sam Ellinger. I think he's a good player. And I do think Texas is a good team. But I think they're still a little bit early in the Tom Herman tenure for me to pick them to win against a more talented team. But I'm going to plead the fifth on this one, really, because I have LSU winning. But, again, it's week two. I don't think we really yeah. know, honestly. For all we know, Texas or LSU could end up outside the top 25 at the end of the year. I don't really think we know. So, yeah. uh, uh, but right now I'm going to go LSU because I think they have the better talent. But I could also see Texas winning because I think their coaching may be a little bit better. So I can yeah. go either way. We'll see. I, I think I think we go with Texas because what I, I watched Texas play a few times last year, and I saw them early in the year when they beat Oklahoma, and there's a few games that they 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 fell short of. And of course they were young and everything, but. They got a lot of players to come back. Yeah, they do. It was Texas. They and got players. you got Tom Herman. And, man, when I watched how if – you, if you watched Texas and Georgia play last year in that, in that game, that bowl game, they really manhandled Georgia. I mean, really, yeah. they, they, they did. And I don't buy the whole, like, oh, Georgia didn't want to be there and all that, blah, blah. You know, a lot of people say this and that. They really, like, lined up and, like, played with a whole lot more physicality than – than Georgia. So by seeing that, if Tennessee could come with that same level, uh, Texas, excuse me, Texas could come with that same type of physicality that they played against Georgia. I I I, I see them. I see them beating LSU because Texas they're playing at home. It's prime time. You know, everybody's been wanting. You know, Texas football's back. You know, everybody like 
I think Sam Ellington said it last year after the bowl game win. Um, I'm not saying that they're, like, back like where they were, like the Vince Young days, like right there. I'm not saying that yet. But I think that this – that win, that bowl game, and if they could beat LSU Saturday, that would really pick things up for them. I, I really like yeah. – I now, now, do I think that, that Texas would beat Oklahoma this year? Well, I didn't think they would beat them last year, but they did. You know, right. so not, not when it counted, right? Or not when it counted, but if you look at, it, but if you look at uh, how Oklahoma played and everything, do you do I see Texas beat Oklahoma now? I really don't know, but yeah. either way, we're talking about LSU. I think I'm gonna go with Texas at home, college game day. This Texas fan base has been starving for years now to get back to relevance, right? But I, I, I just, I, just, I, I, I think, and I'm telling you. LSU's quarterback, I'm not fully sold on him yet. I mean, I know he's good. Joe he, Burrow. Joe I, Burrow had I was in the top ten in the country last year in total QBR in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Oh, he's, I, very, he, he's, very, he's very good with the ball and clutch unless the athletes around him do the job. So, I think he'll take care of the ball, and I think LSU's superior athleticism could win in the game. But I also could see Texas winning as well. I'm just picking LSU because I think they have better players personally, yeah. but I could see Texas winning as well. I, I, think, I don't think the margin's very different. I think the two teams are very closely. Here's, I think either team could beat each other on any given night. Here's why I'm going to pick Texas over LSU. There's a few reasons, but one thing is too. Every year for the last few years, you've been hearing about like LSU, like their offense problems, mm-hmm. and then just as soon as they think they got a good quarterback, and they're oh man, they got an offense now, mm-hmm. and they're never really relevant. I mean, they're just subpar. And the LSU got better last year. They still showed a little bit of that, but they they got yeah, they better. Won, they won nine games. They they, they, they got be, they got better last year. I mean, they when if you watch LSU play Georgia in regular season, yeah. LSU I like LSU yeah. beat Georgia. That's what I'm saying. How Texas beat Georgia. That's what I'm saying. LSU LSU when they put it together with all those athletes has yeah. the ability to smoke anybody. I think it's gonna be a great game. Yeah, I hate that. I think it's I hate I'm not going. We're gonna have to listen to it radio. We're gonna be on the way. On the way back from Clemson tomorrow night, but we're going to be listening to this one on radio. And I, I, I'm, I mean, I like Texas. I mean, I think it, it could go either way, but I like Texas in this. All right, let's go to week two, game number two, uh, the one everybody here is most interested in: Clemson at home, of uh, biggest home game of the year first, Jimbo and Texas A&M. <clears throat> What's your uh, what's your biggest key in this one? What if what's the biggest key, the biggest matchup in this one that you've got? Biggest matchup. Biggest matchup. This is going to make or break the game. Yes, the biggest matchup. If if this team does this and wins that matchup, they win the game. Kellen Mond versus Clemson safeties. Um, I would say the wide receivers versus the safeties. But it's more of the quarterback's ability to read the receiver and yeah. beat the safety. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, the, the matchups are going to be definitely Kellen Mond's eyes as a quarterback and Clemson's safeties, and you throw wide receivers in that too, because the reason why, I mean, the reason why they were, able, I mean, Kellen Mond played the best game of his career last year against Clemson. But if you watch the rest of the season, there was times he was just inconsistent. Yeah. Now, I think he ended up throwing for like 400 yards against Clemson last year. Like 450. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is – I'm not saying this because I'm a Clemson fan or trying to be biased or anything, but you could probably say they get 150 to 180 of those yards or off like tip passes and like unbelievable catches. 
Now, granted, they made those plays, and, and it, it's hard to say that it was a fluke if they'd done it multiple times a game. But all those players are back as well. So what I don't, I just don't see it happening again this year. But here's what I'm saying though: last year, Clemson's biggest problem defense was on the back end and the safeties. Kayvon Wallace, Tanner Muse got burnt by Jake Bentley, got burnt by Kellen Mond, and. And, and and got burnt a few times in the national championship game. Uh, they they played a lot better in the national championship game. But I think that the if Clemson safeties and it wasn't as much of their receivers is that much better talent wise than our safeties are. It was more of our safeties just being dumb, like busted coverages, and like and then Kellen Mond being a good enough quarterback and scrambling, and our safeties getting their eyes in the backfield. And leaving people wide open. And, you know, Dabo, Brent Venables and Jimbo Fisher's kind of tangoed a little bit since Florida State. Jimbo Fisher probably can scheme against Brent Venables than most offensive minds in the country. Yes, Jimbo's one of the best. The only other person, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but the only other person I've seen draw up a game plan like that against Brent Venables and be so successful with it is Brian McClendon. Yep. South Carolina's game plan last year against Clemson was fantastic. And it was – And it worked. It, 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 it and it was, worked all night long. And, and it, it, they was, didn't stop it. And it was very similar to – It was very – I think they executed it better. They took what Texas a and done and executed it better. Yes. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? And, and done their own – tied their own kind of stuff and made it fit to their own players. Yeah, the funky formations, everything you do. Yep. It's, this is why it's so frustrating for a South Carolina fan to see that offense – Moving like that on such a good team, one of the best defenses in college football, and then to turn around against meddling teams and just look anemic. It makes no sense. That's what's so really yeah. so, I don't know, just confusing about the whole thing. Well, I can, I can tell you this. If our safeties look confused against – like they look confused like they did against Texas a last year, we could drop this game. But – Earlier this week, I was kind of worried, like, man, they could easily beat beat us. And you don't never really know, but I started looking at some different things, too. And I watched the Texas and Clemson game last year. And, yes, people say, oh, well, Kelly Bryant won you that game last year. And you might well can say that. You know, there's experience and things. I, I, I get that. But Clemson's offense under Kelly Bryant and uh, Trevor Lawrence is like second or third game is a – being on the roster playing, and Trevor Lawrence in playoff form was night and day difference. Our offense is ten head and shoulders above better with Trevor Lawrence playing quarterback. And also, I learned this too, Justin Ross played one snap against Texas a and last year, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, offensive line – it's probably the best offense line we've had in a while. I mean, you know, we pretty much got our whole offense back, minus Hunter Renfro. And, you know, of course we need that catch throw, that catch clutch right there in the right when you need it. You, you don't have him there. Yeah, that matters. Gone. That and matters. that does matter. But then I, I just – really, I don't think they're going to be able to outscore us, even if – Yeah. Even if <laughs> our safeties give – because I, I – Mond's a good quarterback. And Jimbo Fisher's a good play caller. They're going to get theirs. I mean, yeah. this, that's why, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm going to interrupt you because that's why I'm going to go into my key. Your key was Clemson safeties versus McKellen Mon. My key is playing off of that, and that I think Clemson's going to lose that battle a few times during the game, no matter what. 
Yeah. I think Jimbo and I think Jimbo's gonna scheme up, have a good scheme going. I think he's gonna take advantage of a little bit, try to take advantage of a little bit of the new defensive line a little bit. I think he'll have a little bit more time than he did last year. I think Helm will have a little more time this year. And I think they're gonna get there. I think they're gonna score some, no matter what happens on offense. That's why my key is uh Justin Manubuke, I think that's his name for Texas AM. Really good player, really good defensive lineman. Is gonna be Texas AM's defensive line versus Clemson's offensive line. Because I do think Texas AM will score some points. I think they can score around 30, like 32, 31, something like that. Around 30. Yeah. 28 30. I, I think they'll be able to score 28 30. I figured earlier this week, I figured it was gonna be a close game. I feel like we would win being at home and just being experienced. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we would win, but I'm telling you, I've got a lot more confidence later this week after watching, reading up on a lot of stuff and watching the game last year and checking some stuff out. I don't think, you know, you you watch Kalamon play in true road games last year, and he was not that good. Um, Carolina, he played at Carolina last year. and no, they, he was not great. You should have got beat. Carolina should have beat Texas A&M last year. Then they lost to Auburn at home in a close game, and then they got smoked by Mississippi State, and they got smoked by Alabama. Yeah. They're not. No, they're not great. Anybody that thinks Texas A&M is some great football team is well. They're, I they're think good. they're going to be better than last they're good. year. I think they're good, but they're not great. They're not great. They're I not just. Yet. I I I I'm gonna tell you my score. I've got I, I've got Clemson. Now now oh before I tell you my score, what about the line Vegas has put out for the game? Clemson's seventeen and a half. Now Vegas knows what they're kind of doing with this stuff, and I could see that maybe like earlier in the week they do that. And let's say if the line started, like, dropping a little bit as the week went on. South Carolina came out as a seven-point favorite, and as the week went on, became an 11-point favorite. So, it's just yeah. – it's, it's what the public thinks. That's right. what the money is, really. And, and what I'm saying is, though, Clemson, that line for the Clemson has, hasn't really changed. So, I mean, I don't really – you know, I don't really go by Vegas and what they say and everything, but after doing some more – watching the Clemson-Texas A&M game last year – just doing a lot more studying and kind of looking at some stuff. I, I, I've got Clint, I, I, I've I've got them Tigers in the Valley at three thirty. I've got forty two to twenty four Clemson. Okay, yeah. Then, like I said, let me finish up my key. Uh, Clemson's offensive line versus Texas A&M's defensive line. Like I said, I think Texas A&M's gonna be able to get there. There's a score probably about twenty eight thirty points. Um, I would not be surprised if I see that because um, they've done it before. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I've seen they've done it before. I think they can do it again. Uh, because I don't think Clemson's defense right now is at the level it was last year. It could be later in the season, but I don't think it is right now. But we don't know that. We'll right. see. We'll find out this. We'll find out this week. Um, but if Texas A&M's defensive line can make some plays and get in the backfield and put some pressure on Trevor Lawrence, I, I think I think they can. They could have a chance to make it a fourth quarter game because they did it last year. I mean, they were two point conversion away from winning the game. Or uh, going to overtime, excuse me, and then trying to win the game in overtime. So I think I think they can make it a game if the Texans defensive line can get in the backfield and disrupt Trevor and bottle up ETN a little bit I, and take the running game a little bit out of it a little bit. I don't think they will completely take uh, Clemson's offense just too good. I think they can make it a game, but at the end of the game, I got to go Clemson thirty-eight, uh, Texas A&M twenty-eight. Yeah, I, and I could go with that too. Thirty-eight, that. thirty, maybe. I, I I think we win by double digits. You know, um, let's say let's say forty-two, twenty-four, best case scenario, thirty-eight, or or uh, you know, thirty-five to twenty-eight, worst case scenario, 
or 35, 35-31 being worst-case scenario. Um, but, like I said, you know, one thing about McClinton's offense this year, and, and Texas A&M did lose, did lose lost some players on the defense. They did. And I just – it's kind of like pick your poison. I mean – Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, Clemson's almost too good. I don't think they're going to stop either one. You stop the run. But their best you, chance, their best chance is to get in the backfield yeah. and disrupt Trevor. I think that's the only – I'll answer. tell you this right here, though. Trevor Lawrence plays like he did against Georgia Tech, against Texas A&M, and we'll lose this game. Uh, I could see that. He he did he, not he did not look very crisp at all. He, no, he it, looked he looked out of sorts. Should have thrown a pick six. I don't know. Yeah. I still don't understand how Drew Tech player decided to just run out of bounds instead of getting the end zone. Man, Trevor smoked him down, dude. Yeah, I mean, he could have <laughs> juked him. I mean, he's like six seven. Just do a little cutback. He could have went in the end zone. Man, but I mean, still, <laughs> that should have been a pick six. I mean, when was the last time we saw Trevor throw a pick six? Now, like I said, week one, everybody looks sloppy. Um, I just think Clemson was that much more talented. I think Georgia Tech's just awful, so I don't think yeah. it, I don't think it mattered. But you know, week one, everybody looks sloppy, so we don't know how that could have played out. Right. But yeah, if, if if he plays like he did last week against Georgia Tech, which I don't see, I think he'll pick it up. But if he does, this will be a down the water. Oh yeah, yeah. Be, this will be a good. Game. If we if we turn the ball over, if y'all turn the ball over two or three times, it, this is gonna be a game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But. Another thing to factor in, true road games. Kellen Mond did not play good in true road games no, last that's, year. No, that's why I can't predict him to win. And maybe, you know, I know that they play at Kyle Field. I know it gets loud. I mean, it has to be loud. It has over 100,000 people. But, yeah. you know, Clemson, all Clemson fans know that, that it's the biggest home game of the year. And, you know, it's in Death Valley. It's 3.30. It's going to be hot. I think it's going to be rowdy. Um, I'm hoping it is. I'm going to be there. But – if we turn the ball over, it's going to be rough. But if we play clean, if we play, clean, if, you, if you play, if you play a clean game, you play win. a clean game, we win by. I, I, I like I said, 42-24, best case scenario, uh, 35-28, worst case scenario. Okay, and let's um little little storyline I want to talk about uh, South Carolina this week. Uh, obviously, Jake Bentley is hurt, but we didn't we didn't talk about the guy taking his spot. Uh, yeah. True freshman Ryan Helensky from Orange Lutheran uh, uh, in California, uh, the number two rated uh, pro style quarterback in the country last year. Uh, final in the Elite Eleven, uh, really heralded guy. For, uh, had I think about thirty offers in high school. Um, people said they went to the camp. So a couple of SEC uh, and ESPN analysts said they went to practice this this summer uh, and looked, and they said they thought uh, Ryan Helensky was either the best and most accurate quarterback there. Um, now, obviously, he's not going to beat over a senior that's played games. That's just not going to happen. Um, you, you, you can't, as a coach and staff, there's no way you're going to make that move without without having some serious, serious problems go to start a true freshman over a senior that's played that long for you. Right. Um, and not fortunately for Gamecock fans, because you never want anybody to get injured, but I think that was the only way this was going to happen for us to see Helensky and see a different face and give South Carolina some new life and try to get their season back on track like it's supposed to be. Um, I think they're going to have a tough time this year because of the schedule now. Uh, they've got to win every single game. If they win every single game for the rest of on the rest of the schedule with the teams they're more talented than, they got six wins. They're talented, They're more talented than six teams left on their schedule. That's Charleston Southern, yeah. Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee, um, and App State. And uh, yeah, that would be yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and Missouri, and good. Missouri, yeah, and Missouri. They're more talented than Missouri, so that would be your six wins. If they win every single one of those games 
and they beat the teams they're supposed to, that's six wins. Should have been seven because you should have beat North Carolina because you're a better team than North Carolina, but not that day you weren't and you lost. So they're now they're now and then you have to go at least one and one against the two teams that you have equal talent to relatively is Florida and Texas A&M. Those are the two teams you have to split that game. If you split that game and win the games you're supposed to, then you go seven and five and you have a chance to go eight and five and get a bowl game. And I think that'll save Will Muschamp's job. Yeah. It, it just depends on how it looks. It, it depends on how it looks. If you can win all those games with Holinsky at quarterback, he looks good doing it. The offense starts homing. You beat either Florida or Texas a and end the year and make it competitive with the big three, Georgia, Texas, uh, Georgia, Clemson, Alabama. You make those games competitive, gives fans a reason, something to believe, then I think it'll save his job. But that's a lot of ifs, yeah. and that's that's a lot of ifs that I'm not willing to predict. I think they could go five and seven this year. It just depends. It yeah. just depends. We don't know. Is it the coaching that much, or is it really was Jake Bentley that big of a cancer and that big of a problem for the offense? Because um, he just – when you give the guy keys – I mean, he could either take you 150 miles an hour around the track yeah. and run it, or he could just wreck it in the first turn. Just wreck it right there, and the whole game's over with. That's how it was. He either started off, and he started rolling, and he was not going to stop, or he started off completely awful, and he was going to stay off. Yeah. Because he the owner off, and that was it. And it's frustrating. You can't win like that. Yeah. Every single time Cyclone would get a lead, they would, go, they would try to go ice it and – just get some first downs, and he couldn't do it. He would always throw a pick. He would always, at the end of every single game when it's time to win the game, he'd throw a pick. He does it every game. Right. Interesting. And you can't win like that. You can't win like that. Interesting stat, and Hunter, I can't help myself, but the Gamecocks have lost three straight to the yes, ACC. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And I know that you're pretty good about it. You're not one of the SEC chest thumpers like a lot of Gamecock fans are. Um, but it just blows my mind that, you know, they clips and don't play anybody. But, yeah, South Carolina's lost three straight to the ACC. And that South Carolina has lost more games to the ACC in the last three than Clemson has lost in the last oh, yeah. three years. Well, Clemson's on another level right now. Now, let's, let's not act like Clemson's schedule this year is, is harder or anything. Let's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, right. let's not. Now, I think – like I said, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see if it's South Carolina as a team and if these teams are really good, or if it really was Jake Bentley and the coaching. I personally am of the opinion it's a little bit of Jake Bentley and a little bit of the coaching. Yeah. That they all need to go because South Carolina's too talented to be losing to yeah. teams like that. They just are. They're better than North. They're better than Virginia. They're better than North Carolina. How they many? Just are. How many? How many times have you read on Gamecock uh, forums this week? Fire must champ. I think that's about everybody's consensus. If that's what it takes to get rid of him and to hire somebody, and all, I, th- I, I think. All three of the teams we talked about uh, as losers in week one, all the SEC's teams, they all have one thing in common. They have a defensive-minded head coach. Yeah. And I think all every single good team in college football, except for Alabama and except for Georgia, have offensive-minded head coaches. But the reason that works for Georgia and Alabama is because they just have so much more talent than everybody else. They yeah. can play they that recruit, style. They can recruit at such a high level. They recruit at such a high level, the schools themselves sell themselves. that They can recruit at such a high level and actually field – Still feel good offense because they recruit so well. Yeah. But every other team that's been built that doesn't have that built-in advantage has to have an equalizer and has to have a good play caller, an imaginative uh, play caller, and a good quarterback. If you're going to rise to that rank from the top 25, which South Carolina somehow isn't even at, even though they are, as far as athletic department, talent standpoint, money standpoint, facility standpoint, and every single metric you measure the success and the value of a college football team. South Carolina is a top 20, top 15 job. 
They just for some reason cannot yeah. win. They yeah. cannot. They cannot. They, have, they cannot. They have the fan base because you see what the fans. You see what it was like in the Spurrier years, dude. They have the fan base. They have. They have. They had the fifth. That's this is last year. South Carolina was fifteenth in the country in attendance last year. Yeah, and that's 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 during the Will Muschamp era without winning anything of any merit really whatsoever. Um, South Carolina is the sixteenth. 16th most profitable athletic department in the country as far as money goes. Um, it's it's just my it's just mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing. South Carolina is number four in the country recently ranked in facilities football facilities. It's it's just they have everything you could possibly need to be good and win some games, but for whatever reason they cannot. And it's and it's quite that's why it's so puzzling to be a fan. It's it's so puzzling. It doesn't make any sense. Um, cause it's, it's, it's just frustrating. It yeah. really is. Um, so now I'm done venting about it. Uh, I, I do hope to see Helensky. I want to see what he's got. Um, I, I think without a doubt, nobody's questioning. He's more talented than Jake Bentley. He yeah. just didn't have the experience. So that's why he wouldn't start him. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what he's got. We'll see if the offense rallies it around was- him. If they change, I, like I said earlier, the first this week, Charleston Southern's terrible. It's not going to matter. He's going to look good. Don't read it too much into that. Next week he's playing the best or second best team in college football, and he's probably not going to look too hot. He's a freshman playing his real first game. He's not going to look too hot. Yeah. Who wouldn't? I mean, even Trevor looked human in his first SEC game. Okay? Yeah. It just happens. And he's, and he's playing Alabama. So yeah. I don't think I don't think that's gonna I don't think that's gonna really tell. I think what the tail of the tape will be the week after that against Missouri and Kentucky. Yeah. If they if if Helensky can look the part, show it on good offensive, really just a good offensive showing against Missouri and Kentucky and win those games, I think South Carolina's season could be salvageable. But he looks off and they lose those games, the rails are off. Well, Muschamp will yeah. get fired at the end of the year. Yeah. I don't care. And Ray Tanner as well. I don't care. That the buy will be eighteen million dollars. Well, I hope which, which is unfortunate because everybody's chastising, completely chastising Tanner for upgrading his contract, and I agree with that to some degree. But at the time, you got to remember this: at the time, South Carolina has Will Muschamp was hired, just lost to the Citadel, and was three and nine the year before. Didn't have hardly a single player on the whole team that was SEC, yeah. uh, really Power Five level. They were all a bunch, a bunch of bombs. Yeah. Okay, so he comes in the first year, beats a top twenty ranked Tennessee team. And goes and goes to a bowl game. Nobody expected South Carolina to go to a bowl game. Their win total was at five. Yeah. They won six. His second season, South Carolina's win total was at seven. And then they finished second in the East, won nine games, and beat Michigan in a, in a New Year's Day bowl game. Right. So that's from three wins to six wins to nine wins. If anybody's going to sit here and tell me after two years, everybody would be like, everybody would all be in agreement. Will Muschamp has overachieved and done a great job so far. Yeah. He has. So he only had a three-year contract or four-year contract, so they extended him another two years. So I get it at the time period. He, he, was, he was looking like he was doing well. Overachieved in year one and two, and then he underachieved last year, but he was given a pass because of all the, uh, all the injuries South Carolina had. So this was the year finally we were like, all right, now we got our players back. We should finally be where we need to be. And then in the first, very first game, Jake Bentley goes and torpedoes it. In typical Jake Bentley style. Yeah. So I think it's nice to see some new, <laughs> new blood, and I want to see. I really want to see if they can turn around or not. I think that'll be interesting to see what Helinski's got. Right. So I think that's it. Uh, next week, next Thursday, hopefully we'll have uh, a reaction. Hopefully the Clemson Texas A&M game. Hopefully Caleb's not.
PO'd and we'll actually do the podcast. I think it'll be fine though. See if we can get um, a special guest in here next week. Maybe we don't know. We'll try something. Yeah, we'll see if South Carolina can beat Charleston Southern uh, and Ryan Helensky hopefully can throw for 300 plus yards. I think he needs to to get his confidence up um, before they get shellacked by Bama again. Uh, so it's another wonderful weekend of college football. I uh, can't wait to get it started. Uh, that's it for me, Hunter. This is Caleb. Y'all have a good week. Be safe. And uh, happy football.